If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this awesome episode of Mind Pump. Yeah. So look, for the first 48 minutes, uh, we do our fun time introductory conversation. This is before we get into the fitness stuff. Here's what we talked about. First off, we talk about Justin's nerves. He's man. getting nervous. He's about to go up in the air in the danger zone. Yeah, man. What's that song? I went through the danger zone. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. Uh, then we talked about the video game console. I got my kids. I did not know there would be some crazy Easter oh, eggs in there. Awesome little nuggets in there. Those bastards. Uh, then we talked about Schoolhouse Rock and how my daughter thought that was creepy. Uh, we talked about Netflix's show Love, Death, and Robots and the Evolution of Animation. I highly recommend it. These are great short stories. Make sure you go check it out. Not for kids. Adam talked about how he made Smoothie Box frozen treats. Now, Smoothie Box are whole food frozen smoothies that you get delivered to your door. Great healthy fats, amazing collagen protein, and of course, carbohydrates from the natural sugars in the fruit. You blend it up, you eat them. They're delicious. Adam's favorite flavor is, uh, what is it? Clem- <laughs> Clementina? Clementini. Something like that. He made know. up Clemente. his own word. Clemente. Clemente. There it is. <laughs> anyway, you got to make sure you check them out. We are sponsored by Smoothie Box. If you go to Smoothie Box, that's S-M-O-O-T-H-I-E-B-O-X.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get $20 off your first three boxes. Then we talked about my daughter's new Young Authors Award. I'm so proud of her. We talked about Netflix and Apple TV. The streaming wars are getting crazy. Ooh, then we had another a com- titan in the mix. Then we had a conversation about breast milk. <laughs> yeah, naturally. And we talked about Conor McGregor and his retirement. Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. The first fitness question was, does it send conflicting signals to your body if you lift weights and do cardio in the same session. Find What's out what's happening to me. Find out if that's beneficial or if you should separate them. Next question Does fasting for better health and digestion have a place during a bulk? So let's say you're trying to gain muscle, gain strength, or you're eating in a surplus. Does it make sense to throw in a fast every once in a while? Will that hinder your gains or will actually help you build more muscle and more strength? Perplexing. The next question uh, there seems to be a movement in the fitness community to de villainize. Sugar, because, of course, sugar doesn't make you fat if you're in a calorie deficit. We lay down the law in that part of this episode. And the final question, how does one measure their metabolism? Also, let me remind everybody, right now you have 48 hours. That's it. Two days left for 50% off MAPS Aesthetic. MAPS Aesthetic is one of our most popular programs because it's a program that helps you sculpt, shape, and build your body the way you see fit. It's designed for people whose primary goal is to maximize the visually pleasing aesthetics of their body. It's half off. Here's what you do. Go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code BLACK50, B-L-A-C-K-5-0. Also, we have other MAPS programs on that site for different goals, different people's experiences. In fact, we have something on there called a super bundle, which combines multiple MAPS programs for a full year of exercise programming. So you have the whole year mapped out and planned for you. You can find that bundle plus the 50% off MAPS aesthetic with the code BLACK50 all at mapsfitnessproducts.com. 
Oh, I forgot to tell you guys this. What happened? So <clears throat> the guy who interviewed me yesterday. Uh, so normally when when we get interviewed, it's you know almost always it's somebody who's listened to the show for a long time, and at one point they started a podcast. That's norm. The, the the typical or one of our podcasting friends that wants to interview one of us. So this guy interviews me yesterday, and we get on. And before we start, I always like to kind of find out like who he is. I haven't had a chance to to, to research him or anything like that. He's had a podcast. He's done, he's had it for a year. He, he's done fifty two episodes, and uh, ex military guy, real great guy. He f- he started following me just like six months ago. The way he found me was from my Q and A's that I do. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. And I thought what was really neat about that was, and I told him this. I said that was kind of a this has been like a social experiment for me. Because about six months ago was when it happened, when the DMs got to a point where it was just impossible to answer all of them. I, just, I don't, so those that think I, I'm an asshole now and I don't respond to you, I, I apologize yeah, if you're that's some not par- the, partially correct. That's not the reason he's an asshole. Yeah. There's <laughs> he's other an reasons, asshole, but yeah. that's not the reason. It's not that one. Yeah, exactly. So I, it just got to that. And so something that I'm always trying to think about is like, okay, we all pride ourselves on that, engaging with our audience, answering and helping and add value, add value, add value. And so it just got to a point where, you know, even three hours a day on DMs could not get through all the DMs. So what could I do? that uh, that was more organized where I could still answer a lot of these types of questions that I get in my DMs. And so that was the evolution of these Q&As that I, I saw people doing. I didn't think anybody was doing it really well before. And I thought, okay, let me try and see if, the, if, if people uh, get value from this. And I, I would schedule it once a week. I block off literally three to four hours in the day because you guys know how long it takes to get through all those. Oh, yeah. And then I just fucking power through as many and I try and get through like 50 to 100 of those things or more. And he goes, man, I was so uh, I was so drawn to your authenticity. He goes, the way you, he said, every time I'd watch it, I'd gain value. I would laugh. You'd said some shit too that I, I was like, oh shit, I didn't know that. Or I kind of disagree with that. And so that sent me down searching through your Instagram and your page. Then I found out that you had a podcast. And then I started listening to the podcast and love the information that you guys were providing on the show. So I thought that was really cool. And and uh, I told him, I said, man, I'm, I'm, I really appreciate the feedback because sure, I see the views and I see the shares that it's getting, but you know, not everybody's go- telling me like- Yeah, those stories reach a lot of people that don't follow you normally. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. That, so that was a testament to that, which makes me really That's happy. That's why you get a lot of follows when you do them good. When you do a good job with those Q&A or stories, you, you, you'll get follows because they- People tend to share them, share them, share them, and then they reach other people. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see, right, in the insights, it'll tell you how many total people that you've reached with them. Yeah, I can I can see that. Now, what, what I think I was most happy about or proud about was that he said that getting a chance to talk to me and meet me now, he's like, you are 100% exactly what you portray in your stories. That's got to be a compliment. Right, it was, because it's something that we pride ourselves on in this space of, of, of fakestagram. That you know, being this, being authentic and real and our true self, and that was cool. Yeah, was, I think it's harder to fake uh, on a podcast than it is other mediums. You can definitely do it still because I've met some, but it's harder because you're talking for an hour and a half. Yeah. You know, so it's harder to continue yeah, to bullshit. How do you do that? I mean, it's got like, you, have, you to just have to be memorized. Well, like, there's a, there's uh, a, your canned responses, right? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of our podcasting friends that uh, put a lot of effort into prep. You know, so you you prep your your topics and you. Do we do five a true. week? You know, we're all, this is episode nine hundred and ninety nine. Whoa! 
So if like you, it's nine hundred and ninety-nine. Yeah, it's really good. Is that a song? Yeah, uh, no, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> like kind of Prince. But yeah, that it's was nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I, just, I just, I just changed. It. That's good. I have creative freedom. Yeah, you do sound different right now, though, and I think I know why. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, what happens? It's pitchy. His voice is a little pitchy. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so when you're in a, a, a state of fight or flight. <laughs> You're going to roll me on the bus right now. Adrenaline's a little high. I see Justin drinking like gallons of water right now. I have like a massive jug of water today. (laughs) Why are you so nervous, bro? Uh, It's it's like becoming real. You know, you know, when like uh, uh, if you have anything crazy that, you know, event that you're going to do or like some like performance or something like that day where it's like, oh, yeah, it's tomorrow. You know, like it just set in this morning, and I've just you're going up I've in had, the jet. I've had like five shits already. Like <laughs> yeah. My body's just like, let's get rid of everything, huh? Get, get it out. Yeah, let's just get rid of the fluids. You, you don't, don't want to. You don't want to poop in the jet. What do you? The strategy? Yeah. You think you're going to go in fasted? It's in the middle of the day, so you can't be fasted, right? No. Yeah. So they, I mean, you could, but I mean, they they gave no, his you blood pressure will get low. strategies. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that was one of them. That's why I'm drinking so much water because they said it helps with the motion sickness. Um, but yeah, like eating, you don't want to have any greasy food, obviously, or like things that are just going to like give you the bubble guts. You do have a history of doing that at the worst so time though. I do. So, so I, I almost it. was going to eat like a full thing of eggs, bacon. And, Remember you know. the time Justin broke his fast with the fucking cheeseburger <laughs> and fries? <laughs> I was hungry. He's like, what? After, why is my stomach messed after up? After the two of us were saying like, dude, broth and Brussels sprouts are, whole, are, are like enough for my gut after that, dude. It's crazy. <sighs> I, I, I thought you guys were just being pussies. You know? <laughs> I was like, I, I could do this and I couldn't. So, <laughs> So, you know, I, I learned the hard way. Yeah, well, it, it, it's good going down, but it's yeah. your, your gut after, comes right out. Yeah, it, yeah. it definitely gets Dude, it. I got to tell you guys something that happened yesterday that fucking cracked me, killed me, what? cracked me up so hard. So about six months ago, I'm at the mall with my kids, and have you guys seen those uh, kiosks in the middle of the mall yeah, that yeah. sell those little, they look like little Super Nintendo uh, game consoles, but right. they're not. But they have like... A thousand video games on them. Yeah, no, I have one. You've seen it in the studio before. Preloaded. Yeah, they're preloaded, right? And you can tell, like, this is not... I mean, the games are legit, but this is not... I'm pretty sure it's not approved by Nintendo. But it's like the Japanese version or whatever. Or the Chinese hacked version. Chinese hacked. Right. So it's got like a thousand games. Nice. So I took it home, and my kids and I will play it every once in a while. We'll play the ones that we're familiar with, Super Contra, you know, Mario Brothers or whatever. So last night, my daughter's like, hey, can we pull it out? And I'm like, sure. So we get on there, and I'm like, let's look and see what else, because there's like a thousand games. Like, let's see what else there is, right? So we're going through, and some of the names of the game, I've never heard of half these games. Some of them are in Chinese or Japanese. Some of them I've never heard of at all. And then I'm scrolling through, and my son goes, wait. I'm like, what? And he goes, that game's called Dick Kids. I'm like, Dick Kids? <laughs> wait. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Well, like, you know, maybe it's what? something lost in translation, you know, because uh, obviously- did you get this at the flea market or what? No, this is at the <laughs> fucking sure? ball, bro. Oh. So I'm like, I'm like, wait, my daughter's like, that's a bad word. I'm like, no, no, no. I said, <laughs> I said, Dick is short for Richard. I'm like, it's a nickname too. I'm trying to be like, no. nice. Yeah. Again, oh, maybe, great cover. Maybe yeah. it's lost in translation. I don't know. Even so the character and is it's like buried. Sprouted. It, it was buried in the, in the, all the games, right? Uh. Cause we're scrolling through forever. So I click on it and it's some game I've never, it's a shitty game I've never seen before. And it's this fucking kid. He's naked. Now, he's not, it's cartoon naked, so it doesn't show his what, but he's totally naked except he's wearing a hat. And he goes to the different levels, and the, the trees and shit are shaped like dicks, bro. 
Are you serious? Yes. Are you serious? I swear to God, bro. Oh, my God. You need to take a video of this. Because it was the trees and stuff, my daughter's totally, she has no idea. She's oblivious. She's laughing because the dude's naked. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, why is he not wearing clothes? And, you know, but again, it's like Porky Pig. They don't show anything. Right. Now your son picks up on it, though. Oh, my son was like, he goes, he looks at me and he goes, and he whispers in my ear, he goes, it's a penis forest. The trees are all dicks. (laughs) I'm like, look at the, I'm like, look at the clouds. So I'm playing this game. And we're clouds. and we're picking out all the like crazy shit. So I'm like, this is insane. Wow. So we get out of that game and we keep going through. And my my son goes, wait, stop. He goes, Black Man Two. I'm like, Black Man. I'm like, what? I never heard of this game before. So I hit start, and it's Super Mario Brothers Two. <laughs> what? But right, hold on. Wait. But Mario, Luigi, the Queen, and Toad are black. They're like, what? They're wow. African American. And above them, it says. Please kill Whitey. Shut the, no way you got this video game. Swear to God, bro. So I start playing the game, and all the characters are like KKK people, and you're trying to kill and them you're the whole to time. Stomp them. Yes. And my son's <laughs> like, "Oh my God!" He goes, "Turn this off. Turn this off." You know, you, you know, uh, you're, you're, you know, she can't see this or whatever. So I'm like, she doesn't know what this is or whatever. But I'm like, this is. So I'm taking pictures of this whole no thing. No way, bro. The whole game is like that. Dang. They're selling this at the mall? Yeah, but there's like three games that I've identified so far that were this, like that. Like there's another game that I found. Brilliant. This is brilliant marketing on their part because you know every kid that's about your son's age is probably the demographic that buys this. And you know no parent is taking the time to go through like a thousand games. And go through a thousand games. And then they find it and it becomes this little secret amongst all these young teenage right. kids. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, uh, there was wow. another game I found. Fucked up Easter eggs. There was an, yeah, there was another game I found and the and the directions on the game were like, don't be a pussy, fuck him up and shit like that. I'm like, oh my So I think these <laughs> I think what it is is it's these engineers that are laughing and they're uh, like, yeah. Oh, watch this, they'll never catch this, you know, I'm gonna make this fucking whatever. Well, I mean the 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 dick man, it was in the title, so I mean they at least yeah, no, Dick Kids. Oh, Dick. Oh, Dick. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, I took pictures. That, that is crazy. You, it's not like, remember, uh, 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 what was the that Disney called? Movies. Yeah, the Disney movies and like yes. all in the clouds. And so you remember Little Mermaid and Lion King. I remember this as a kid when when that, that news came out that the guys who edited it or whatever did this creative stuff. So there's a part where Simba and Lion King his paws hit the ground and then the dust comes up yeah and if you freeze frame it just right it says sex yeah Yeah. and and then there's a part where aladdin is flying in his carpet through the tunnels really fast and if you pause it it says i can't remember what it says on the wall but it says something sexual or bad and then the little the original little mermaid cases if you look at the, the the tower or the the castle the sea castle uh, the it's there's a big dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. also the uh, oh here it is some <laughs> other character. There it is. See, yeah, it says sex right there. Yeah, I don't know if it was the priest or or whatever in that. Uh, Look up Aladdin had, one. Had a boner. Done. Yeah, yeah. The priest in um that's also in, uh, in Little Mermaid. Yeah, Little Mermaid. The priest does that and uh, the sea castle on the yeah, co- cover. Now, now, part of me is like, and here's probably what it is. It's probably again, they're engineers they're messing with them and they're bored. Yeah, and with each other, like, yeah. dude, check out the, you know, they're laughing. But this about is where it. the conspiracies come up. For yes, because and because shit. then you get me, and I'm as a parent, and I'm yeah. like, you motherfuckers, no, yeah, I'll kill you. Yeah, yes. see, there's the there's the castle with the penis on it. Uh, that one's a little bit more yeah, like you, you have to really have to no, no, no. That, there's the the, the 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 original cover. It's very uh, obvious. That's it, not the original cover to the Disney. Uh, they so. probably like wipe. 
wipes the internet clean. Yeah, Sea Castle Disney cup. after all. Yeah, Little Mermaid original sea cover castle, Doug. Is it now? What if it's just like clouds? Like you know, you can look at clouds and make things there, out. Look at. Tell me that's not a penis. Oh right wow. Yeah, that's yeah. about as. <laughs> no, no, that's a that's a that's a that's pure that's a total that's a golden penis. cock. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what that is. All shiny. Yeah, right in the middle there. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I wonder if those are worth money. We have those original covers. The original covers? Yeah, we have the original you ones. You have the VHS? Yeah. Boy, remember, I used to have so many VHSs, tapes, yeah. at home. No. Yeah, nobody owns shit anymore now. Now you want to watch <laughs> something, you can't even Dude, find even it. Dude, even Blu-ray. Well, when I we- like, I had to get rid of those. I just recently, when I just recently moved- uh, we we got we sold our my DVD collection. That was really hard for me to part mm, from. I mean, mm. I I had close to a thousand DVDs. It was insane, and that was really tough. And they were all in the right uh, cases. Yeah, after yeah, you yeah. Fucked with your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine were in the right cases, and but I didn't get nowhere near. I think I got like five hundred bucks. Dude, after, the animation you know, them off. animation has evolved so much. Um, it's crazy. Like my my daughter yesterday was telling me how she's like, the teacher showed us showed us this old cartoon. It was so creepy. I didn't like it. I don't want to look at it. I'm like, old cartoon creepy. I'm like, what did she show you? And she's like, uh, Schoolhouse Rock. I'm like, that was creepy. But I think it's <laughs> creepy because they're not used to like that kind of animation. Yeah. I, I watched Schoolhouse Rock when I was a kid. You guys remember that? Uh, bill on Capitol Hill. Yeah, I'm oh, just a bill yeah. on Capitol. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Conjunction Junction. Yeah. <laughs> What's your function? Yeah, she's like, that was creepy. Speaking of animation, have mm. you guys seen Think Love Robot on Netflix yet? Oh, just the one that you uh, showed me the other day. Oh. I, I haven't seen it. I saw you guys checking oh, it out. Oh, it's oh, so it was... fucking rad! Yeah. Really? Yes. So it's it's a it's a collection of short, between eight to fifteen minute or so, animated films. Each of them are different. Each of them are animated differently or whatever, but they're all uh, expertly written. They're all like they all have an amazing twist or a great story um, in each of them. They're all very compelling. I mean, brilliantly done. Brilliant. Absolutely uh, in, intelligent and, uh, and just well done. And But they're all they're all mature, definitely. Yeah, mature it, was, it was a bit mature. And it had some crazy twists in there that, that got you. You're like, ah. Oh, like, when you watched the first one? Yeah, that was a crazy episode. Well, what reminded me of it was I was talking about how much uh, um, animation is advanced. There, some of them are so realistic. There's this one called Lucky Number 13, and it's about this pilot in this alternate future who flies this plane, this uh, n number 13 jet, and, and she ends up going all these missions and stuff. You can almost not tell it's animated. It, they mm -hmm. it, like I was watching it, and and Jessica was sit she comes in halfway through, and she goes, "Why?" She goes, "Something's not right with her. Why is she moving that way?" And I'm like, "That's an animation." She's like, "No, it's not." I'm like, "I had to pause it. She had to go up and look at it real close." She's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Now is that CGI they're using to do that? Is that is it? Are you sure they're not actually using real people, and and then actually just kind of putting animated like faces on? No, it's not like Beowulf. Remember Beowulf? Did like, you guys ever watch that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also uh, that that Christmas movie with uh, Tom Hanks. Yes. That no, they no, did the or same like, even, like well, that. even uh, the one of the most recent uh, Star Wars, they use CGI in there like that. Oh, where yeah. it Princess looks like, Leia, yeah, they actually Princess... brought back. No, yeah. you, you, you know what this looks like? Have you seen like really new video games <clears throat> where they'll do like the intros and show yeah, the story, yeah. mm -hmm. and it's like so realistic? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. Like they, well, they well, yeah, it's really crazy. I was really blown away by it. Anyway, dude, what did you put in your story yesterday? These popsicles? Oh, was that a smoothie box? Yes. Oh my God. So Katrina and I have been talking about like, you know, of course, and we're ahead of ourselves, but this is, you know, you have to be right. We're getting, we have a kid coming in six months or so. So one of the biggest discussions is around like 
the the kid and how he's going to eat and and the family members and what they'll feed him and you know and I'm explaining to her that you know I, I don't want to be a, a parent too who'd like their kid all he gets to eat is fucking broccoli and and chicken breast and white rice. No, and, they'll rebel. They'll get right, right. So they've got to. But I I would like to introduce the way the the treats or the the foods like smashing up bananas with some cinnamon on it or taking something like smoothie box which is all made from whole foods and turning it into popsicles. And so we are actually, Katrina and I were discussing that and she decides to, to try it out. So first of all, one, one smoothie box, uh, like shake blended up equates to six of those popsicles. And she did it with the Clemente one, which is the, or whatever. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, tasty. Yeah, yeah. Clementine. Yeah, Clementine. Clementine, right? <laughs> Clemente. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the French version. Yeah. Sponsors hate me. He made it a little, <laughs> little fancy. Clemente. How do you say when you invite girls over? What kind of popsicles are they? Clemente. Spanish, maybe? Clemente. Yeah, well, you know what the fuck I mean, right? So if you do that in the secret to it, okay, so we spruce it up a little bit and this is from you sal because i put the um the collagen protein in it but then i also added a scoop of vanilla ice cream whey and the vanilla ice cream whey mixed with that orange flavor gives you it tastes like those or those oh the cream yes oh that was my favorite one and I was it, a kid. What, what you'll I love, love about it is yeah. it tastes like a, a natural light version of that so it's not super. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't have the same punch and sweetness well, as that. But well, the macro the, breakdown on the smoothie boxes oh, are so incredible. Oh, it's because they got the healthy fats in there. They have the protein from the collagen. Of course, they have the fruit in there, so you get some of that natural sugar and fiber. But what when you when you drink it because of the healthy the natural fats, you get a nice mouth feel. Yeah, you know what I mean. The popsicles are amazing, and the fact that I I I mean I had two of them, but one shake makes six of those frozen popsicles. And those things were great. So I'll I'll ask because you could do the you could do the Clemente. Oh, we're gonna do the chocolate do, ones. You could do you, <laughs> you could do chocolate. Chocolate. Chocolate is a good one. Mint, mint. <laughs> you know, fuck you, off. You could do the the, the verde. <laughs> yeah, otherwise known as is the green. The rojo. <laughs> Caliente. It's really good, man. It is. No, it's awesome. So do you still have some left over? Uh, yeah, I think there's there's one or two. I had two. I think Katrina had yeah. two. So there's two left inside yeah. there. But that's just enough gonna... for Justin and I. But did you, of course, you didn't bring it. No, it would have melted. By yeah, us. they would have well, melted. I think I think Adam doesn't logistics. Do that. You know, he likes to keep it to himself. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll I'll maybe. bring I'll bring some for you guys to try out. But I mean, I uh, those of you that have already bought smoothie box uh, and looking for cool treats for kids, I mean, the do the math on that. If you divide one shake up by six. I mean, it's probably a, less than a hundred calories for each one of those. So eating two or three of those is is less than what one normal popsicle is. And then the, what you're getting protein and it's wise, healthy. and yeah, no, it's it's awesome. So mm -hmm. and that and so the point of all of this was for her and I, like you know, experimenting with with cool little treats that way and ways to disguise fruits and vegetables and good good protein and things that we can get that our kid will probably enjoy eating. That's how I use the smoothie box because in in the morning when you get your kids ready for school which you'll you'll experience it is a uh, clusterfuck in the morning it's just get the kids ready got to get dressed oh they didn't wake up you know get your ass up out of whatever and so making breakfast and I always try to make an effort to like we're going to sit down and have a little bit of breakfast together but it's hard because shit's kind of you're in a rush. Smoothie box, you throw, and it's all real food. Throw in the blender, blend it up, and the kids like it. And then you're, they're still getting fruits, vegetables. Mm -hmm. They got the healthy fats, the proteins. 
Like, I don't know something fast like that that's that good. Speaking of kids, what, did, what I saw you sent over a video of your daughter. I didn't get a chance oh, to watch it. What was that? I'm so proud of her, man. You sent it this morning. What was yeah, it? Yeah, so the school had the kids all do, like, some creative writing, you know, the first through eighth grade or whatever, and they picked- Was there a topic, or are they just free write? What was it? What was, um, how did, I, how did I it forgot. Work? I think it was free write, and they picked uh, winners to do this young authors uh, to be able to, to read their- work at this young authors fair with all these schools that go to and they'll have like kids go up stand up and read what they wrote and your, so each your, school picks a kid your your daughter represented my daughter's one of the kids that won no shit yeah Sweet, and dude. so she she wins this award and she God gets damn, dude, you're all on fucking cloud nine right now with the kids kid oh. gets your kid gets into one of the most prestigious fucking private schools because of his grades and his robotics and now you got your daughter winning a writing contest it's funny i have one of each like my son is the super analytical math science you know person and then my daughter's like the creative you know, get on stage, you know, do the thing. Yeah, comedy, stand-up stuff, yeah. now, now the writing. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just looking at them both, and I'm like, man, they're going to make amazing Mind Pump employees one day. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> really good. So <laughs> Content writer right that's there. It. That's it right there, yeah. you know? That's, I can't wait till your boys get older. <laughs> he's yeah. going to be awesome for us. <laughs> I know. Mine you will know? be manual labor. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Go move that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kids busted his ass. Anyway. Whatever your kid's getting into editing, dude. I remember when we saw him like, like last year. What about that? Is he still messing around with the YouTube shit? Oh yeah, yeah. He like so we we took one of the GoPros and and we're messing around with that. And like he's such a natural in front of the camera. He loves being in front of the camera, dude. I'm like, who are you? You're not my kid, you know? Because that is not comfortable for me ever. He also loves. He just did a, a presentation on. Uh, Derek Jeter and so you're supposed to pick like some famous person they give you a list of all these people and like that was the only one left I was like oh Yankees why dude but um, <laughs> you know I was okay with it and I guess he crushed it he crushed it and like had I'm like did you were you nervous at all like talking in front of your peers and, and not no nerves at all like just was like yeah and then Courtney was there and watched it and was like oh yeah he was like he was fire you know what I was I, I literally was having this conversation with my both of my kids the other day and I was thinking about there there's certain skills that are valued in society because so many people or just don't don't do that. They just don't do it, or they're afraid to do it. The number one fear, if you have, if you just take a hundred people and you have them list their top four fears, public speaking. Public speaking is always number one. Always number that one. was mine forever. And so I was thinking, I was talking to my kids about this, and I'm, and I was like, gosh, I told them, I said, if you develop this skill, and and if you develop it through practice, because everybody's afraid to do this. Some kids more afraid than others. But if you practice and you develop the skill, I don't care what job you do, I don't care what career you get into. You'll be one of the only people in your field that does that and, and, and does it well, mainly because everybody else is so scared to do it. Yeah. It is a very, think about it. Can you think about other skills that are as valuable as being able to just go up and speak? Think about any field. I don't care what field you're in, whether you're right. selling houses or construction or plumber or Even dentist. if you're working for yourself. You know, Especially. just to speak, yeah, one to one to somebody and sell yourself. Probably. Well, yeah, if you can stand up in front of 100 people and speak, yeah. speaking to one person. Yeah, so easy. And it's a skill it's a like any skill. other. Yeah. You practice it. You get comfortable with sucking in front of people. And so I was telling my kids that, and I, I try to convey these messages to my kids in real terms. Like I literally try to tell, like I had the conversation with my son about college because he's going into high school next year. And he goes, okay, so what about college? And I said, well, 
you're hopefully you know what you want to do by the time it's you know ready to, to, to pick what you want to do if you want to go to college or not. And I said, and we're going to look at what you want to do, and we're going to look at the cost versus the benefit. And if you what you want to do isn't worth the cost of going to college, then then you won't. If what you want to do means you'll get a, your money back and then some with the investment in college, and I want to talk in real terms, you know, to them. And I think talking about speaking in public in that way, like if you learn this. Most people don't do this, so yeah. it'll just make you. It'll give you an advantage. It'll set you apart for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what's going on with Netflix and Apple TV, Adam? You were you kept trying to bring this up, and then we I saw Oprah posting about it. So with other influencers, Apple TV. So Apple TV, their their streaming service went live two days ago. Yeah. So it's they're on the fucking table now too. Now is this like and they they partnered with. Oprah and I forgot the other Reese one. Witherspoon. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. There's like four or five um, big, massive celebrities that they partnered with, and that's all. That was just like a, a like a to get it to launch and push it. And out. this is streaming TV. <clears throat> it's exactly what Netflix is, uh, as far as like releasing their own original content, streaming other things. There's a lot of reasons why I think, and the reason why I did a post. So I did a post that said. Um, I did Apple TV and, and Netflix next to each other, and I said, is this the beginning of the end for Netflix, just to kind of stir up some conversation? And it's not that I think that Apple TV directly is going to be the one that's responsible for putting Netflix out of business. It's because now their hat is in the ring. And you mm-hmm. have also Disney and Hulu and Marvel and all them. So Disney is hasn't launched theirs. At the end of the year, Disney launches their streaming service. You now have Apple TV in the mix, and you got Netflix. And here's the thing, man, like... Do, will that put Netflix out of business? I don't know, but I guarantee you that they're going to give them a run for their money because one of the things that they're already offering that they're going to do, which for me was something that I'm drawn to, besides, so I love Netflix. I use Netflix <clears throat> and then I use like Sling TV and then I also pay separate right now because some of my favorite shows are being streamed on HBO and Showtime. Yeah. And so, you know, my bill's getting up there as far as my, all these stream stores. And that's the big pet peeve that everybody has right now is it's too a la carte <clears throat> yeah it's too a la carte it was originally we wanted to go that way now it's getting to a point where it's like okay this is too people are so spoiled they are because <laughs> what, what did you have before yeah way yeah. less i mean we had, we had no options or like or was, you did what i did you, you paid cable and you paid 250 dollars a month to have everything and right. have a bunch of shit you know it's funny because netflix by itself gives you 10 times more variety than you had 20 years ago on uh-huh. cable uh-huh and, and and that's why they that's why they got a big market share at the beginning. But here's here's my argument on why because a lot of people debated me. They they think Netflix is because they're the leader right now. They're sure. kicking ass. They're winning. Uh, Netflix has a hundred and thirty six million subscribers already, so they own the market share or a big portion of the market share right now. But here's the thing about Apple TV that a lot of people don't consider. Hey, Apple has over one billion people that have Apple phones. And Apple computers yep. that stream all these services. And that's called market to them. Like that's called hit. owning the fucking pipelines. And then yeah. they have their strategies to come out and to undercut. Yeah. So as Netflix is starting to increase their mm-hmm. prices up to as high as sixteen ninety nine a month for it, Apple is going to stay under that. In addition to that, right now when I'm on Amazon Prime because I have that also, I. I'm using Amazon Prime to then uh, stream my Showtime and my HBO, which is costing me an additional ten ninety nine a month. Yep. And Apple is coming out and saying that they're gonna re- that's gonna be a lower cost through mm-hmm. them. So if you go through them, they'll yeah, be able to cheaper. Yeah, they're gonna be able to give you HBO and Showtime. Which in my, in my opinion, when you talk about uh, creative content, uh, HBO and Showtime were some of the first. They've that, been doing it forever. They've been doing it forever, yeah. and I still think that the the shows on HBO and Showtime 
rival the Netflix originals. I think they're better. So uh, I know Stranger Things killed it. I know House of Cards was amazing. Yeah, those are like uh, the only real two I can think of. But when Netflix. you talk Sopranos and The uh, Wire and they've, they've, they've Game, just of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, yeah, I mean yeah. HBO and Showtime, Billions, the, the creative and the writing, and so that, that's where Netflix did a, the best job algorithm wise, platform wise, first to market wise. They definitely win all that, which that may be enough to keep them in this in this argument. But when you take the argument of like creative, look the fuck out when you got Disney. Oh, you just wait till yeah. Facebook decides to stream video if they want. They have over a billion users as well, and they well, have more and, information all of them. Or Amazon. And, Am- and, I mean, that's the scary part is when you got the behemoths. What I think will happen. This is and so go ahead, go ahead, because I have some theories also. I'll yeah, see if we're on the same page. What will end up happening it, more than likely is the ones with the most power, the most money, the most reach will will acquire the lead horses. I really think that someone like Jeff Bezos is you know too busy fucking handling more massive things he's swimming in his coins yeah he's, he's, that's what i <laughs> envision yeah. yeah he's too yeah. busy swimming in coins right now to worry about this little uh, streaming war that's happening and he'll probably wait to see who the number one and two leaders are and then they'll acquire Here, here's what will i here's my prediction okay because every time something like this happens every and by the way this isn't the first time people have predicted one person's going to go own everything every time a market opens up dramatically everybody's like oh my god what about a monopoly what about one company owning all of them won't happen markets don't work that way instead what's happening is what you're getting because the market has become so open because of the internet is you're getting people who are specializing in what they're doing so rather than going on one channel for everything you're going to start to go to channels specifically for particular things like sports comedy uh fitness or whatever it's just going to keep getting more segmented and more specialized because the market is so massive. And that's what we're seeing. All a cart is fucking awesome because you can pick and choose and the variety, this happens to all markets and it's going to continue to do that. What's going to end up happening, in my opinion, is you're going to have more than just Netflix, Hulu, Prime, Apple. You're going to have all kinds of other players enter the fray. Oh, that already, it already exists right now, bro. And you're, so. going to, and you're going to keep going on and keep doing this to the point where, and this is what's going to happen with education. Education's going to be like this at some point, yeah. right? Now, the reason why education hasn't gone this way yet is because the government has a monopoly on education in the country with public school and all that stuff, but it's starting to get outcompeted with the with the private market. And what'll end up happening is, rather than going to a school that's going to teach me all the subjects, you're going to have all the cart. My kid gets their math from this. My kid gets their science from this. My kid gets their whatever from here. Well, you know what made me think of this, and I was listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of talk about astrophysics, and like he was trying to like present it in a way that was more digestible and easier to understand uh, in, in conversational form. And I'm like, dude, conversational and then insert whatever subject it is right after that is going to be like a huge way to learn. I would be so drawn to that, like conversational biology, conversational physics, con- you know, well, where they can like really dive into the to the nuts and bolts of it, you know, have dialogue about it. Like I can retain that information so much easier. Don't you feel like that's? I mean, that's, that's the, what podcasting is. Really. Yeah, podcasting and TED Talks. Mm-hmm. Te- yeah, are really that. I mean, it's Ted, gonna keep, Ted, TED Talks is like too small, though. It needs to like you know we need a little more. Well, it is and it isn't. If you, I, I don't know if you guys ever. You, I've loved TED Talks, and you can they they now make it. They have their own app, their own platform. You can actually go and like you want if you want all business. 
They categorize yep. all business. They yep. want all biology. You want all neuroscience. They have a kids one. That yeah, my kids watch yeah, all the they, time. They have. They have. They now have categorized it specifically. So if you want to oh, learn, that's a, cool. Oh yeah, man, that's how I. That's part of how I. I learn figured right it now. was going that direction. Listen, I, it, 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 here's the thing: I want people to to pay attention to because everybody freaked out when they had the net neutrality thing got whatever, and they're like, "Oh my god, everything's gonna be so expensive. They're gonna have to." And then instead, what's happening is we're still getting more variety. We're still getting better services. The internet is literally the most free market thing that's ever that we've ever seen in modern times. It's almost anarchy. It's self-organizing. And so if you like what's happening with this explosion of variety and this insane efficiency. Now, here's the thing. If you're a business person and you're on top, you hate this. You don't like this because you got to stay on your fucking game. If Netflix, if Netflix is not constantly innovating and constantly improving, they're dead in a year. Right. They're dead. And so the people who like the crazy regulations and the strictness and the and they pretend to say we're we're protecting consumers, we want to keep things. The reason why they like that is because it eliminates or 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 limits their competition. Well, do the math right here. So uh, somebody punched this in: 100, 138 million uh, subscribers times uh, an average of thirteen dollars. Give me what that number is, and then I'll tell you what uh, uh, Netflix invested last year. I yeah. mean, they are they're pouring every bit of what they're making. One point seven billion dollars. Yeah. So eighteen eighteen billion is what they. No, invest- no, no. One point seven. No, 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 no. But what they what they invested last oh. year? I think you can go two thousand eighteen. Mm. Doug, if you search this, 2018 uh, Netflix invested, and I believe it's like 13 to $18 billion Bro, or some shit. Did you, so see how much, you see how much money that Facebook invested in VR? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be the whole experience is going to change. Where were we just watching that? They were talking mm-hmm. about that, where they're 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 really betting on that. I have something for us that I uh, a little teaser for you guys. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, I told uh, Anne to book it for us and to just use it. By the way, it's going to cost us like $1,000, so I'm just going to let you Whoa. guys know. Wow. But you're, it, it's, That's nice. It's along the lines of what you're talking about right now. <laughs> yeah. okay. I want us to experience. So it'll be cool. Yeah, it's going to be fucking right, very right, cool. Right, what is it, $12 right. billion? It's justified. $12 billion. On content. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they're, spin- they're spending- That's a chunk of change. Yeah, 10X- of what they they're even making, so they're 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 that. But to me, I also but that, they're investing. Well, what that says to me too, though, they're they're on the they're in the race. I think yeah. they're like okay, we got to get as big as as big as we can, as fast as we can, because they're they're no dummies either. They got to know. There's no that, relaxing. Yeah, because no. because it's so free and because the regulations are so low, anybody can enter the market and compete theoretically. And what we're finding, what you find with these markets, with when they're so open. Is it's not about it's not just about who can spend the most money. That's definitely a factor, but if you like YouTube is amateur. YouTube is just uploaded, and YouTube's got well YouTube, arguably more power. Oh well, YouTube, than all of them do. YouTube's the smartest of all of them. Right? Yeah. YouTube is you know taking a page out of even our book, or we're taking a page, I should say, out of their book of having others produce content for you. I mean, that's- yeah. they're not paying for it. They're yeah. be, like paying to be on your platform. Well, and, and we're all competing yeah. with each other to be seen. And so our- and Advertisers are paying them to yes. incentivize. Well, our, our, to our, our, our level of- yeah, it's brilliant. Our level of content keeps having to elevate, elevate if we want to stay at the top of being searched in the in the fitness space. I just want Google and Amazon to, to come through and disrupt- Comcast's ownership of this, like of the cable, like that's all of that. Why do you come think on? They, why do you think they? Why do you think that they own that cable or whatever? What the yeah, regulations but, make it almost impossible uh, for them to come in and lay the 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 the, the lines or whatever. Yeah. But what'll end up happening is, and, and Facebook talked about doing this, putting like up satellites, putting or, up fucking blimps. 
yeah. and just giving people free access to the internet. Why would why would Facebook want people to have free access to the internet? Why would they pay for that? Of yeah. course, right? In- increases their usage, and this is the beauty of. When, when they fucking compete for yeah, us. I know, competition is healthy. Oh, it's great. But as a business person, we know this firsthand. We got to stay on our shit. Yeah. Because if, the second we I think know. we can relax, it's funny. I went to the DMV the other day to, to renew my license, and oh, it's a God, beautiful ex- beautiful example of uh, an organization that doesn't need to compete with anybody. Yeah. Like the DMV, that's the only place you could get your license. That's the only place you could do this shit, and it's fucking terrible. Dude, it's archaic. It's it's redundant. And you get shit. kerfuffles happening like all over in there. Oh, man, I felt so bad. And everybody in there working hates their life. Yeah. It's just a- <laughs> I can hate that place, dude. It's, dude. I, it's oh. like you're walking into communism. You walk in there, you sit down. <laughs> And you're like, the computers are old as fuck. It's redundant as shit. You're, the paperwork is confusing as hell. Their yeah. website is like- Take a number, take a seat. Oh, it's unbelievable. I went in there, I had an appointment. It still took me an hour to get my thing. And I had to go back to my car three different times. Yeah. Because they suck. I had to go back and use one of their old school, like microfiche looking fucking things to like get through the survey just to come back to the window. Then wait for the other guy behind me. Then go back to the window. Now go get my picture. Now fill this out. Go back. It was so- Unefficient. And if it could you ima- imagine if the DMV was uh, like a private organization? Imagine what that would if they could go to if you could walk into one and be like, "This sucks." I'm going to the next door. They do a better job. Yeah. Imagine how freaking amazing the experience would be in Dude, comparison. Kinkos would probably kill it. You oh know yeah, I mean? yeah. exactly. <laughs> fucking insane. Well, I love Kinkos. Anyway, dude, I read this art. So remember how we talked about the other day, um, a breast milk and how it, like people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I read the article. Oh, so you went through it. So women are selling their breast milk online. Dude, this is really a thing? To bodybuilders. <sighs> and they're making money. This wow. one lady's making, on average, six to $10,000 a month. No way. Yes. No way. Yes. Really? Yes. Just squeeze, <laughs> squeezing out that milk. Because it's expensive. It's like $1 or $2 an ounce. I'm about to have my unlimited supplies coming <laughs> real soon here. <laughs> Just freeze it straight, all. Straight, no, straight, straight to stockpile, Straight dude. to the source, That's bro. That's gold. Yeah. I'm a, I don't need a, I don't need a bottle. You're stockpiling gold. Yeah. I'm going to look at your kid and be like, hey, look, you need to eat or so. What's going on? Why is he not? Yeah. Is he he's malnourished? Super or, food. They, they, Adam, they have Adam, like Adam, a quality. Jack. We were just, we were yeah. just meeting with a photographer because we're going to do some photos and stuff like that. But how great would it be a photo of him on one and me on the other one like that? Like a no. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. Have you seen any day anybody do a photo like yeah, that? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure some <laughs> fucking twisted person has done it. No, already. but no, dude. It's it's like one to two dollars an ounce for breast milk. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you sell. I mean, twelve ounces is like twenty four bucks. Yeah. That's like this much. But I mean, milk. you you tasted it, it huh? before, right? No, I never did. No. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man! I was curious. Uh, what does it taste like? Oh, I will. It's a little sweet. Is I it will. really? It is. That's yeah. what I heard. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like drink Did you- it. I just like took a little like doot. You know, a little dab. Did you have it like post workout or? I mean, you- it wasn't like right from the nipple or anything. Oh, really? Know? Went to the bottom. That would have been. Well, that kind of defeats the. That defeats the fun of it. Yeah, yeah, you that's know, true. I you did, imagine if men were the ones the that lactated, yeah. we would be blasting each other. All oh day. yeah, it'd be like a water gun fight. <laughs> oh, it'd be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what's up with Conor McGregor? I heard he's retiring. Dude, and- that just happened. Is uh, there like a, a sex scandal that came out or some that's crazy shit? Yeah, uh, I haven't read anything yet. It, I mean, nothing's proven yet. I guess that's that's the interesting part is he retired, and then you're also seeing this is still like investigating is happening. Uh, I guess like in Ireland. 
there was like some some lady that that was calling for like sexual assault, and so it was charging him. You with should that. you should reach out to our boy Josh Thompson. He's always got the four one one on that stuff. Oh, yeah. he, he like immediately. I actually did. I was looking at like the uh, Sammy and the Punk. Like their their whole podcast like covered like all of this. It did in great detail. Yeah, uh, you know, of course he retired. The guy's making a killing with his whiskey right now. Well, yeah, and it's like uh, like what mean, are you, I'm going to go in the ring and get punched in the face or sell this whiskey. Yeah, you and, know, and he he wanted like the the mega fight again. And it's like he lost, you know, his last fight, and you know, even even just fighting him again, like it wasn't going to happen because he's not, you know, like it, it was just outmatched. It doesn't make any sense. What's he going to do? Fight Nate Diaz? That'd be the only fight I could see that would get. And what's he going to do? Kill Nate Diaz? Well, no Won't matter happen. what, no matter what, because of the the magnitude of the Mayweather, because he lost his next UFC fight when he came back. He would. He'll never get even close to the payday that he could. He potentially want no matter who he fights. His, he could, he yeah, could fight a fucking gorilla in the it. ring, and no one's gonna pay <laughs> as Actually, much. I would want to see that. We, I would too, but yeah, it's not gonna yeah. even. It won't supersede the amount <laughs> no. of money he made with Mayweather and his last UFC fight. And his whiskey apparently is selling like crazy. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you see, that's the thing is like you know, like him or don't like him, whatever. But I like to see athletes have a backup plan, a parachute, you know, something where it's like. Oh wow! No, I I have options, dude. I was watching uh, Brian since I subscribed to the HBO recently. Uh, I was watching the I love real time sports with Brian Gumble. He has some of the best interviews, and he did Shaq. And I watched mm. that. <clears throat> what a great little uh, segment on Shaquille O'Neal. Dude is worth so much money. Oh, he has yeah. his hands in so many things. He, he, dude, he does like 40 different companies he does commercials for. Yeah. And so he's built an entire brand around himself called the Shaq brand. And it's all aver- it's all about advertising and how he advertises. He, and he's all about having fun with his commercials and doing that. And he is murdering it. Dude, mm. did you ever see him on that roast? Uh, Kevin Hart was like the, the so host good. of it. Oh, my God. It was the funniest one. I oh, no. I haven't. I didn't yeah. see that. So good. I mean, they're, I, he's hilarious. I watch... Uh, so on, when uh, when he's on uh, NBA Game Time, the halftime report to oh, games, that's right. yeah, I that's watch them just for Charles that. Barkley. Yes, and, yeah. dude, they are they are so hilarious, and it, it it's not for me. Like I go, I look at like uh, kind of the formula or what what we've created here, and I think of the personalities, and it's like that where there's kind of shit talking back and forth. They have fun. They drop knowledge about the sport and what they're into, but then it's this this open, free flowing conversation, and they're just they're so fun to listen to. I fucking love. I it. really yeah. appreciate it when athletes are smart uh, with their money, mm-hmm. like Conor McGregor, uh, you know Shaquille O'Neal. Like Conor McGregor has, he comes across as approaching. He approached MMA like a businessman. Well, you completely. know, you know yeah. what happened, right? So it was only like fucking 30 years ago, you guys, not even 30 years ago, 20 something years ago, athletes didn't make shit. They weren't making the money they're making like they they are in the last decade. Mm. Like just so okay, maybe the last 20 years. So 30 years ago, you know, if you Some t- of them made good money. Oh, no, bro, 30 30 years ago, your your best contracts were nowhere even not even a fraction of a fraction yeah. of what they make now. Yeah, and so you didn't have these 20-year-old kids that were all of a sudden multi-multi-millionaires with yeah. fuck you money. And so we went through this, like, and it was probably about a 15-year run of not knowing, and no one really speaking to these kids or talking to them. Now they're all savvy, bro. When you look at, like, all the warriors and shit. They hire people. Oh, yeah, they all they all know now. Like, that's part of the deal. Like you, And I, I look at my, my, my good friend Everett and his brother who played eight years. I look at my good buddy... Brendan, who played eight years, they're wealthy as fuck, man. They mm-hmm. they use the NFL 
to one pay for their their college education so they went on to get their masters in in business yeah. they then as soon as they came out and they got their big paydays they took that money and they leveraged it into investments and they're all sitting pretty dude and and there's there there's a lot there's now it's becoming it still isn't the minority because of course you're still going to have you know, kids that are going to go out and blow a lot of money, but it's not like it used to be. Not like it was just five, ten years ago. It's getting better because it took a good decade or two of people talking about how broke all these guys end up being after they play and after they retire. Well, I feel yeah. bad for them. First, first off, I feel bad because you're a young kid and you make you become a huge star. That is a challenge to the ego. I, I know, look, sometimes mm-hmm. I hear these stories of these kids, and I'm like, ah, oh, these idiots. And I think to myself, okay, what if I was yeah, dude, I don't 20-something? Think, my gosh, I would have been terrible. I don't think they're yeah. idiots. Here's the thing. I, I know just what kids. I, I know what I went through being a kid who came from not having a lot to making just six figures, you know, becoming a kid at 20 years old who's making that kind of money. And how I blew it, and the way I and you yeah, imagine if you were making ten million. Oh yeah, for sure I would have had I would have blown a ton of, and I had to I had to learn that lesson. You know, I had to go through a, a period of time where I was paying for everybody to do everything and flying back and forth to Vegas all the time and just blowing money because I had it at that time, and that's nothing. That's like a fucking not even compared to these kids. So. Yeah, and then and also and, and not having the fame of everybody telling you you're so awesome, you're so great, yes, nothing you do is wrong. Yes, like that has got to be one of the most difficult uh, things to go through as a young kid. You know, I, I can't even imagine my ego would not have been able to handle. Yeah, it. it's really easy for all of us on the outside to say, "Go, oh, what a bunch of idiots! Yeah. They're so stupid. I can't believe that. Like, oh, what a way waste your money, yeah. you idiot." Yeah, it's really easy for you to say that because you make eighty grand a year and you have to be very yeah. tight with your money. And you fucking, it took you a long time to work your way to even that level. We're talking about these guys who instantly overnight, like a Zion, right? He's like gonna come supermodels, in. no thanks. You just <laughs> you, got, you got contracts <laughs> yeah. for thirty, three hundred, hundred million dollars and stuff like that. Like, are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah. Like, get throw that much money at, at at a kid? Like, of course he's gonna go out and I watched that waste uh, half of it. the dirt or whatever. The oh, Motley you watched crew. it? Yeah, I watched that last night. Don't <laughs> I wait till I watch it? I are you? Yeah, so wait till we, I watch it. But don't tell me it's not freaking. I awesome. wanted to ask you. Oh, it was crazy. Did you? Could you? When you watch it, do you relate? Not certain the best band acting, me- but uh, you know. Do you relate some of the band members to each of us, like their characters and personalities? Um, I don't know. I, I think I think we're more like. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, the other documentary, but it was like uh, back in the day that that the uh, the rap group. I fucking oh, remember. Uh, I, the one we watched the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, Dr. Dre's the yes. Straight Outta Compton. Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I relate more to that. I don't know why, even though <laughs> on paper that doesn't make any sense. Well, because uh, but just their attitude yeah. towards like you know you like, have your Dr. Dre, you have your Q, yeah, you have like your there was more personalities e. there that I could see, okay. um, you know, relating with versus these guys were just like maniacs. Just just young. They're just reckless, fucking like te- degenerate teenagers. Oh, okay. And they stayed that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they never changed. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. It was fun to watch their their you know how they all kind of got together and how. Well, don't like, spoil it for you. But... I want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's on but my list. It, it, with what, the one thing that I did realize watching it was like, man, it, it, you know. Uh, I'm so happy that we started our business in our late 30s because I couldn't imagine doing mind pump in our 20s yeah. and then watching it grow and doing it would have been it would have been a different ride that's yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah it would have been some stories this quaz brought to you by organifi 
For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. All right, first question is from Buzzy2K. Does it send conflicting signals to your body to do weightlifting and cardio or HIT in the same session? Okay, so I, I want to address this because I think we talk a lot about you know training for particular adaptations, but then I think people are starting to get the you know interpret the message as I should only be focused on one thing. If you want to maximize one specific area of adaptation, like strength or endurance or flexibility. Yes, it does make sense to focus most of your efforts and time on training specifically for that. Now, that being said, for most people, a blend or a mix is probably best for your health. Hmm. So, yes, if you're training and you're, you're doing weight training and you're like, okay, I want to build muscle and speed up my metabolism, so now I'm afraid to do anything else, um, ask yourself you know, what your goals are. And if your goals are to do what you enjoy and to maintain good health, it's okay to do a little. It really both. depends on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to a kid, right? If I'm talking to a young version of me, who just I more than anything I want to build muscle. That's I, I care about that more than anything else. Then the the fact that I was playing basketball five days a week was a major hindrance to me growing and building more muscle. So I would then tell that young kid, listen, if you really want to be muscular and you're looking at these magazine covers and this is what you're chasing and this is where you're at right now, and then you're telling me you're playing basketball three to five days a week, you probably want to scale that out. You, you, you're you going to, if you want that more, if that's yeah. more important to you. Now, there's some people who just, they want to be strong, they want to, they want to build some muscle, but they love playing ball and they want to have this balance. There's nothing wrong with, with doing both, both of those at, yeah. at all. It's an allocation of resources. I mean, it's like there's nothing wrong with yeah trying to train for both at the same time. It's just taken away from the other just a little bit if you look at it that way. Like, right. Yeah, you, but the the principle of specificity still applies. If you want to get, if you want to master something, you want to be great at something, you do have to add, you know, more of your. You have to fill more of your cup in, you know, fill more of the cup with your resources there versus like splitting it between the two. So they're they're competitive on on a level and if you recognize that um and you're okay with that there's nothing wrong with that now this is why hit was got so popular because it's a great way to incorporate some sort of cardiovascular training with strength training because it's short they're short bouts they're it's more anaerobic yes it's explosive you get some of the benefit the, the quote-unquote muscle building benefits still with it obviously Doing hit is not the ideal way to build muscle, but it does have some of those benefits, and you get some of the cardio and the fat burning benefits from it. And it's this short window. So, if you're somebody who wants that, those benefits, and in addition to that, you're also building muscle. Hit does complement that way of training. Now, so again, like Justin said, like if you're really, really struggling to build muscle. It, that could be one of the simplest ways that I solve that for somebody is limiting how much cardio and movement they're doing or increasing their calories so they can actually build that. That was me. I struggled with – I was moving so much in a week that it was just challenging for a young 20-year-old kid to eat 5,000 calories, and I, I couldn't keep up with my movement and activity. And so in order for me to build this big you know, 200-plus-pound physique I wanted – 
I had to I had to minimize it. I had to limit that. And I struggled with that for a long time because, you know, sports, wakeboarding, snowboarding, basketball, those were all loves of mine. But I I was now in this new transition in my life where now actually bodybuilding look and building this muscular physique had become more of a priority. And that's why I think we speak speak uh, so adamantly about listen, if you if your goal is to build muscle then you should focus on that adaptation. That doesn't mean that I would ever tell the average person who just wants to be healthy right. that avoid hit or avoid cardio. And like, there's two points I want to make with this. One is that if you look at your training in terms of uh, long-term, long-term success, long-term health, you're going to want to, in fact, you're going to, in order to optimize your health, you're, you're going to have to incorporate uh, different forms of, of exercise. You should have a strength training component. You should have a cardiovascular training component. You should have a mobility slash flexibility training component. All three of those things will give you better longevity than just focusing on on one of those things. So that's an important thing that you want to consider. Now, here's the other thing I want to I want to make a point on. Let's say that you're focused on building muscle. That's all you're focused on doing. You're just lifting weights. You're just eating more calories. But because you're so focused on one of those on, on one adaptation that your health actually starts to suffer a little bit. This actually happens. Like you'll see, you'll see this more often with guys when it comes to building muscle war. They're just pounding their faces with food. They're just lifting weights and, and heavy, and they're not doing any other activity, and their health starts to suffer a little bit. Believe it or not, adding a little bit of cardio may actually help them build some muscle. Why? It improves their health. This happened to me. There was a year, there was a while there where all I did was lift and eat. And I got strong and all that stuff. And and you know, I remember at one point I was uh, managing uh, one of the clubs over here in, in San Jose. And my uh, one of my aerobics instructors was teasing me that I couldn't make it through a 15 minute through 15 minutes of her class. And I was laughing. And I'm like, of course I can make it through. She's like, no, you won't. You'll die. And so then it kind of stuck with me. I'm like, I bet I would. So I got on a stationary bike, which is not hard cardio at all. And I remember I did it for 20 minutes. And I remember how hard I was breathing and I realized, oh shit, like I'm not healthy. So I started doing a little bit of cardio, nothing crazy, just a little bit of cardio just to improve my health. Now the side effect of that was I actually built more muscle and I built more muscle because I improved my health. So sometimes adding these things doesn't take away from the other. If it's going to improve your health, then it'll probably improve your performance. And I could do this on the flip. Let's say your goal is just cardiovascular endurance. Like I just want to be a long distance runner. Right, but you I'll, never strength train. But you have you're so weak because you never strength train that your 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 health is poor in that particular aspect. So you throw in a little bit of resistance training, which theoretically should compete with the endurance signal. But because you're building strength and because you're healthier now with your strength, now your endurance is much better. So yes, they can take away from each from each other, but in some situations in a certain context, they can also complement each other. So, you know, keep this all in mind. At the end of the day, you know, you have to evaluate yourself because it can be quite individual. And what I don't want people to do is to go to the gym and be like, I listen to Mind Pump and they said cardio slows my metabolism down. So I'm not doing any cardio ever. And all I'm going to do is lift weights. And then they end up with strong bodies with terrible stamina, terrible endurance um, as a result. And that's going to also limit your your strength gain. So, uh, and again, at the end of the day, the way I like to break up training or the way I like to explain it to my clients is like this. You have the long-term goal, which is longevity and health. And then within that, you can make these short goals of 
I want to build lots of strength over here. Now I want to work on my mobility. Now I want to work on my... And you can place more focus on these different things. But the overarching theme should be, at least if you're looking to do this long-term, longevity, health. I want to be able to do... Because ultimately my goal, just speaking personally, my goal is, the big goal is, I want to be able to squat, deadlift, overhead press, barbell row, pull up. I want to be able to do all these movements forever. I want to do them until the day I die. I never want to reach a point where I can't do a full squat. I never want to reach a point where you know I can't do a, a pull-up or at least do a, a row or something with good form. I want to die, and I want to, when I die at 90 or 100, however long I live, I want to be able to be like, I could have done all those movements. That's the ultimate goal, not to deadlift 500 pounds, not to squat 400 pounds or whatever, but just to be able to do those long term. And so in order to do that, I incorporate some of the cardio. I did cardio yesterday, for example. Yeah. And it's funny because sometimes I'll get on cardio. Like I was at Club Sport doing cardio. And, I, and while I'm doing it, some guy walked up to me. He's like, oh, what's up, Sal? You know, I love your show, whatever. And I was thinking to myself, I bet he's thinking. He's like, <laughs> These guys he's talk like, shit about cardio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or if yeah. I'm on a machine, right? Oh, you only do free weights. No, 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 no. We're communicating certain things depending on the context uh, of the conversation. But at the end of the day, uh, all of it is going to contribute to your health. And you just want to do it appropriately. You want to apply them appropriately for your body. Of course, take into consideration your stress levels, your health, your nutrition, all those different things. Next question is from Technola. Does fasting for better health and digestion ever have a place during a bulk? Absolutely. Oh, I, I did this when I was competing. Totally. Yeah, I love to do this when I'm competing. In fact, one of the hardest things to do when, uh, when I'm competing is the it's inevitable at one point when you're somebody who's trying to bulk and add size and add size and add size. Man, you get to a place finally where it's just like, oh, this is just so much food. Eating the food has become so much work. And I remember reaching points like this and one of my favorite things to do right in the middle of a bulk so i can be in the middle of like a four six week bulk that i'm running and i will throw a, a, a single day all day fast and what, what i love about that is when i come back the next day i can feel my metabolism just roaring and i'm really hungry again and so i couple that with a really good lifting, whatever I'm focusing on for me. So I would t typically pick mm -hmm. uh, a day that I'm training the muscle groups that I'm really trying to develop, and I'm going to hit it, and I'm going to feed like crazy, and it, it would help spike that back up again. So I think, you know, and I've used the analogy of like a sponge, of like how I imagine like our receptors and our body intakes these nutrients that come in. It's like if you're just constantly oversaturating the body, so you're running water under the sponge. Eventually, the sponge fills all the way up, and then a lot of it's just kind of like running through. And so one of the best things to hold more water or to capture more nutrients is to wring the sponge out, and then it's ready to absorb it all again. I really feel like that's a good analogy of what we do to our body when you are bulking, and then all of a sudden you decide to go through a fast, and then you just prime the body to receive mm -hmm. all these good nutrients. You know what irritates me about this, this specific subject right here, about fasting to help you with a bulk is that the people in our space, in our fitness space, will laugh at it. No, fasting for a bulk, that's stupid. That won't work, whatever, it's dumb. But these same exact people will argue how during a cut, it makes sense to throw in a higher calorie day every once in a while. The same people will program it into the diets that they give people. Why? Because we know when you're cutting for a long period of time and you throw in some high calorie days, the body gets primed, fat loss stops ha starts happening again. And in fact, there's now studies supporting this. There was one study they did where they compared 
people who dieted for I think it was 12 weeks and straight and compared it to people who dieted for four weeks and intermittently would throw in a week of maintenance or, or slightly higher calories and then would go back on the diet. At the end of the, the, the test, the people who broke up the, the cut with some maintenance or surplus ended up with more fat loss and less muscle loss because yeah. one of the problems with cutting is you tend to – but these same people who argue for that, I'll tell them, hey – I, when I fast in the middle of a bulk, I build more lean muscle. They'll laugh. That doesn't work that way. No, it's it's the same fucking thing. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they're thinking of it as a bulk, like in, in general. Like you're gonna gain fat, you're gonna gain muscle and fat together, unless you know you have strategies in place. You don't go overboard with your bulk. Yeah. And so it's like you know to be able to to be able to uh, step out and like fast a bit and and, and allow your body to then. Um, you know, reabsorb the nutrients it needs uh, more f- efficiently. Like we're gonna like program it a little more effectively towards the lean muscle path. It's not look at it's not just about calories in versus calories out. It's also about what your body wants to do with those calories. Okay, and if you're constantly feeding yourself all the time, just like if you were to constantly take testosterone or constantly take a medication like you take an opiate go take uh you know or 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 a pain medication and take it every single day you end up will have to take more over time to feel the same thing drink a cup of coffee for the first time and it's like lightning in a cup keep drinking it every single day and you'll notice you need more and more coffee to get the same effect well it only makes sense that if i constantly throwing nutrients at my body like proteins fats and carbohydrates my body will become desensitized and won't use them in the ways that I want them to use them, and we'll just start to store them. Well, if I go on a fast and then do it again, where I throw the food at my at my body, is my bo- my body's probably more apt to using these foods for what I want them to to use them for, especially if I'm lifting weights, which is to build muscle. It's just difficult for people to get through get this through their head because, because of the calories. Yeah, because yeah, the calories and the scale. I I know what it's like to be the skinny kid trying to build muscle, and if you ever told me that I should fast for 24 hours, I would freak out. Oh, yeah. I would think that mus- muscle was falling off my body if I wasn't eating every two to three hours. And so don't let the scale, because obviously in a fast, when you're not taking any carbohydrates in, you are going to lose a ton of water weight. Sure. So you're going to see the scale. So if a, you know, you got some guy who's trying to bulk right now and he's trying to add size, add size, and he's like, just hit a threshold. He hits a, a weight he's never seen. Oh, I broke the 200. And, but I hear a mind pump. I should, I should try to incorporate fast. Then he goes in fast and he goes all the way down to like 195 and right. freaks out like, oh shit. I, no, you didn't lose muscle. Your body did not lose muscle and that much muscle in 24 hours. It didn't lose any muscle. Mm-hmm. It lost a bunch of water weight at that time. And it's ready and prime now to it uptake all that nutrients you're going to feed the next day. I highly, highly recommend. It's, it's such a mind fuck. It's like I remember I would weigh myself in the morning before I went to the bathroom or I'd weigh myself at night after I ate all my meals because that's when I would be my heaviest. It's a total mind fuck. But look, I'll tell you right, right now, some of my best workouts in terms of strength and pump and feeling like I'm building muscle typically will happen between two to three days post-fast. So I'll do my fast, and I'm talking 48-hour fast. I'm not even talking about a 24 24- 48 or 72 hour fast. Then I'll refeed about three or four days later. I have some of the best workouts of my life. Oh, yeah. Now we know fasting. Now I can try to explain it in scientific terms. I don't really know what's going on, but this is an experience that lots of people have talked about. Um, when I've, I post about this, I have lots of people like, oh yeah, same thing for me. Three, four days past post fast, I build the most muscle or I feel like I'm building the most muscle. Now there's a few things that are happening when you're fasting. When you're fasting, 
uh, especially for prolonged periods of time, uh, lots of your older cells start to kill themselves. It's, it's, and, and your cells are getting rid of waste. This is uh, programmed cell death and, and cell autophagy. Um, you also stimulate stem cells. Now, when you refeed, those stem cells get turned into new cells to replace the old ones. And I think that your body is just primed to absorb and utilize some of these nutrients. And here's my other example. Some of the most incredible workouts you ever have in your life is if you ever go on a prolonged diet, or especially if you're pre-contest, you come out of that contest and you start feeding yourself. My God, that's the most anabolic you'll ever yeah, feel. Any competitor knows this. They any, know that. Any competitor that's listening to this podcast right now is nodding their head like, yes. The, I mean, I used to, my, one of my favorite parts about competing was the the week the after oh the week after yeah. when i got to fl- go from cutting down all the way down to 2500 calories which is about as low as i would hit right before sh- a show to going back up to that 4000 calorie mark and lifting and so oh my god that first week mm-hmm. i feel like an animal so and anybody who's competed and has, has felt that before knows and so you're kind of trying to create that similar type of environment on in a in a much smaller shorter scale it's just, I think we've talked about fasting. Uh, we just come from a different angle. I think there's a lot of marketing right now around it as being this great, this, uh, this like fasting is anabolic, yeah, which is uh, yeah, silly. Yeah. That, no, that's, we're not seeing that at all. No, no, not at all. But is it a good strategy to incorporate it occasionally? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think it would be a smart strategy to intermittent and fast every single day while being on a bulk? No, I think that's a very stupid no, strategy. No, doesn't make any sense. Right. But it, intermittently, Throwing a twenty-four hour fast in in the middle of a four six week bulk, uh, yeah, that's a great oh, idea. Totally. I think if you're cutting for long periods of time, you should definitely throw right. in some intermittent bulks or some intermittent maintenance at the very least. And if you're bulking for a long time, throw in some low calorie days and throw in some fast. And watch what happens. Your body's far more receptive. You'll feel much better both psychologically because look, if you're cutting for a long period of time, psychologically it can help to throw in some higher calorie days. The flip is also true. Bulking for a long time. It, that shit gets boring. It, it sucks. Food, you start to hate food. Throw in a f- couple fasts and then watch what happens. The psychological aspect as well. Right. So it works on both ends. Next question is from Joanna Caswell. There seems to be a movement in the fitness community to de-villainize sugar because sugar doesn't cause fat gain in a caloric deficit. Do you think this is missing the big picture and giving people a hall pass to eat sugar and process garbage, or do you think this movement is necessary? I think the fitness industry does one thing very well. They only focus on fat gain or loss and muscle gain or loss, and everything else is in that context. Yeah. So it's not about health. It's not about what's good. It's this is what it's they'll do. The exterior, not the interior. This is what they do. Lane Norton does this all the time. I had a conversation with him about about it the other day. He'll do a, a he'll post a study. See, sugar is fine in this study right here. People still lost fat. Okay, that's nice. People are still losing fat, and there's definitely health benefits to losing fat. However, can you lose fat in a way that's less healthy than in a way that's healthy? Sure. Healthier? Absolutely. I think what we need to start communicating in the fitness community is health in the, in the context of health, and then in the subcategories of fat loss, fat gain, muscle gain, muscle loss. It's not just about fat loss or fat gain. It's not just about that. So yeah, can you lose fat in a calorie deficit with a high sugar diet? Yeah, of course you of course you can. It's a it has to do with energy balance. Does that make it a healthy or at least does that make it as healthy as doing so with a diet that's lower in processed sugar, maybe higher and the in the natural foods? The argument that he would make is that if you tested all health markers while that person was doing that, they would be all equal. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, so, yeah, sure. In a in a in a 12 week period, blood yeah. markers and all yes, that stuff. Okay, right. fine. 
I'm talking long term. That well, you got to make sure you say that because that that would be. I already I know Lane so well, and I know the response that he would give to you is, "Hey, listen, in this study, these people had 80 percent of their intake was sugar, but because they were in a caloric deficit, all health markers." seem to be equal and fine to the person who did minimal to no sugar and had a more balanced or a more higher protein type of a diet. And in that context, you're right. But the other part that you didn't touch on that I think I speak to the most to my clients is the psychological piece. Right, right, 100%. The piece that for some reason this the fucking fitness space just completely negates. And you know why? Which is the most important The part. reason why they neglect it is because most of these fucking morons are people that got popular because of the way they look because they're on Instagram and social media. And they've never dealt with training tons of Norton. Not competitors. Not people that can live, follow an IIFYM diet for a competition and be strict and in, include Pop-Tarts and still get shredded. Not those people. The average fucking American who's coming in, or even non-American, the average human who is going to work for 10 hours a day, sits at a desk or at a computer all day long, doesn't have the doesn't have this uh, doesn't care to get on stage, is just trying to make better choices for their life and attain this look that they want to have and we're trying to tell them, and we want to you know why we're using this is cuz it's what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to give up that shit. They're addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you tell justifying that, hey, guess what? You could still have those things you're addicted to and still get the body you want. Like, that's such a terrible message. It's like the analogy that I give. It's like a fucking AA meeting and the, the ex-alcoholic standing up at the front, having a beer, explaining to all these alcoholics, like, hey, look, you could still have beers. Be functional alcoholic. Yes, you could still drink and still not be in. Like, that's not, that's not the message to be giving a majority of the people at that time in their life. Does that mean that I can't have a, a, a thing with sugar in it every once? Of course it doesn't mean well, that. I'm not speaking to that. I'm talking to the majority of the population that's fucking obese. A bunch of people addicted to sugar and to these foods and now I'm telling them, oh, by the way, it's okay that you have sugar in your diet. Oh, it's okay as long as you have in this... No, all your... You're you're feeding into the problem. I, I hate that message. You're not working on the on the food relationship. Yeah. Well, whatsoever. it's just it's just interesting to me because like just intuitively, I've seen growing up, you know, the kids that were like, I mean, I would go to their house and and candy was readily available, and you know, and like maybe they weren't necessarily obese and they had you know that managed in terms of, but I just. I mean, and, and and I'm sure this is different from everybody, but like, they were never like like the most healthy kid. Like, whenever a cold or whenever any kind of like illness kind of went through, that was the first kid to drop out. And so for me, like, just thinking about how I feel when like there's a heavy amount of sugar in my diet, how like I feel like I don't feel like my immune system is at its optimal form. Um, you know, I would love to see a study, obviously, to to kind of put that into perspective long term of like having that but you know what I mean guilty until proven innocent like you brought up the other day that's where I lean I lean more on the side of like okay yeah well maybe there isn't like a study that's like going to completely prove right now that like a higher sugar intake is going to like really affect my immune system substantially but I feel like it might yeah, well, here's the other thing too Adam brought up the people are addicted to certain things and I saw a post the other day where a pretty you know influential fitness uh, influencer said sugar is not addictive. Look at the study. When rats are given access to sugar oh, whenever God. they want, they don't consume it like they would with a drug or whatever. So it's not addictive. That is the dumbest thing of all time, and I'll tell you why. First of all, anything can be addictive. Anything can be used and abused. There's people who are addicted to video games. There's people who are addicted to pornography. TV, pornography, gambling. 
people who can be addicted to supplements, people who can be addicted to exercise. First of all, anything can be addictive. Now, sugar have physiological addictive properties. I would still argue that there's some. And, and I would say that, look, when you eat lots of sugar, it changes your perception of taste to the point where other foods taste bland. And so you're more likely to want to eat things that have more sugar in them. But I think there's a psychological addiction that, that goes along with sugar because high sugar foods tend to be hyperpalatable. And we tend to seek those hyperpalatable foods when we're stressed or anxious or depressed and all that stuff. So at the, at the end of the day, it's about, how about changing how, how behaviors. How about how fast it fills your glycogen levels? If you've been low, if you've been low calorie, low blood sugar, low everything for the day because you've been busy, stressed out, like you're saying, and you eat a super high sugary food, what what happens? Mm. That gets filled up faster than if you were to do that with anything else, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing nothing fills the glycogen Why levels. Why your fucking teeth rot? Faster than sugar and alcohol. <laughs> So that feeling of, oh my God, I was down and low because I haven't been eating anything all day long. And then all of a sudden I eat this food, I get this immediate feeling of rush. How can you not tell me that that feeling could not be addictive? Sure. It's 100% addictive. Sure, sure. So there, and, and then, and, and and then really, like you said, this, the, the psychological piece and the, the habits that you create around that. That's it right there. That's the big one because, I mean, look, here's the deal. Uh, there's natural sugar that you find in things like whole fruit, but the majority of people that I've ever trained- actually the vast majority of people I've ever trained and worked with, did not consume a lot of sugar because they ate a lot of whole natural fruit. The reason why they had a high sugar diet was because they ate lots of processed foods. And I've gone on many, many rants on this podcast about why processed foods are probably things that you want to largely eliminate from your diet just because it doesn't help you regulate you know, how much you should eat, how much you shouldn't eat. It doesn't foster a good relationship with food. So Really, it's not the sugar necessarily that I'm demonizing. It's like, look, let's not eat, let's not eat too many of these hyper-palatable engineered foods which are designed to make you want to eat more. Let's do that. Let's eliminate those. And then watch people's sugar intake drop. It happens naturally because naturally, where, where are they going to get lots of sugar from? Right. Where does that come from when you're eating whole natural foods? Do you know how much sugar cane you need to eat to get as much sugar as you find in a, in, in a, in a soda? Like, I don't know, like three feet worth? We're not panda bears. Last time, I never saw a human sit there and chew on a freaking three-foot you know, piece of, uh, of sugar cane. It just doesn't happen. So I think the, the, the problem isn't – and, and, the, and they, they, they like to do this. They like to say, food isn't bad. Now you can listen to me because I'm telling you food isn't bad. All you got to do, do is be in a deficit. When are we going to get over this, this message that doesn't work? Right. It just doesn't work. We've been telling people to do this forever. People are still getting fatter. It's because it's easier to sell to those people. Yeah. It's oh. easier to tell somebody that 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 is addicted to something that they don't just give need them a crutch. To, that they don't need to make that change. That's like, right. hey, it's possible. We can still work this in if you want. I know you love your two or three glasses of wine every night. I know you like this. Oh, it's okay. I know. I mean, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this as a trainer. Yeah, you know, I I used to say stupid shit like this because, of course, I wanted your money. I wanted to sign a contract. I wanted you to personal train with me, so I would do whatever it took. Like, oh, you know, and I had how many clients have you guys had this that sat you down and said like, well, I want I want to get a trainer. I want to do this, but I'm not taking this exactly. Out. Yeah. And they tell you right out the gates, but I I'm not giving up this. I'm yeah. not giving up my Sunday <laughs> yeah, yeah. fun day with my girls. Yeah. I'm not giving up my All my wine at night. Yeah, they right tell away. you that yeah. right out the gates, and, and you tell them, look, that's fine, but you don't lie to them. Yeah. You just be I was you know you just be honest with them and say okay, you don't have to, here's the consequences, but that's okay if you accept it and you understand it or whatever, we'll work with other things. And that's it. That's right. it. So I mean, at the end of the day, there it is. it does take slow process. It does take small changes. And if you're the kind of person that's like, no, I have to have my candy. I have to have my sugar. There's hits and misses. Yeah. You know? yeah, like, exactly. For me, that's a miss. So I, I don't care what you say. Next question is from Andrew Beth. 
how do you measure your metabolism? Oh, good, good question to transition yeah. to after that. That is a very now. If you want to get specific with measuring your metabolism, it's a pretty complicated process. Well, let me let me. There, let there's me machines that'll do it for you. Let me share what's going on with me currently right now because I think it's a good example of how I'm. I figured this out right now. So, just uh, it's been about two years, right? I think it's been two years since I competed. Um, just two years ago, I was you know taking X amount of testosterone. I was training seven days, six to seven days a week. I had built up to 230 pounds of mass. I mean, I could eat 4,500 calories uh, and maintain. I could eat 4,000 calories and lose weight every single day. So that's where my metabolism was mm -hmm. just at just two years ago. Uh, where I'm at now uh, I'm about 3000 calories is like, is maintenance. If I go anything over 3000 calories, I put on body fat. So that's a huge difference. Now, how did I figure that out? Well, the way I figured that out is the same way that I coach clients, which is the tracking and measuring. So my goal for a client, when I send them off to start tracking their food and seeing their intake, and I say, you know, just eat what you, what you feel like. The goal is for you not to lose any weight this week when I tell you to do that. I don't want you to lose any weight, and I don't want you to gain a bunch of weight. So be mindful about eating, but eat uh, the types of foods you want. Eat when you're hungry. Let's keep track of your scale. Let's kind of see where you're at. And so I'm trying to keep them at that weight and figure out how many calories. are. And it's our body, for the most part, if you're eating like that, you'll kind of hover around mm -hmm. your natural metabolism. If you're not overstuffing yourself or you're not intentionally dieting and restricting, you're just eating when you're hungry, eating what you want, and then kind of measure in a week's time. And you can kind of get an idea, especially if you did a good job of maintaining your weight, the same weight for that week or two that you track. And then now I have an idea of what maintenance is. So no, that's not my, if I go get an expensive test like Sal's and getting my true RMR or my BMR, like what that tells me is like, okay, if I eat around this, these amount of calories, this is about what keeps me at that weight. So from there, I need to decide, am I in a healthy place that I can start to restrict calories from that? Or am I in a place that's really low already and I'm and maintaining? Like, so mm -hmm. for example, sometimes I get a client and I say, do this. And they give me back, and, they, and their goal, let's say, is fat loss. They tell them they, they hire me because they want to lose 15 pounds of body fat. And I have them track for a week or two. And then when I look and I see they're only eating about 15, 1300 cal 13 to 1,500 calories, and that's keeping them at that weight, and they still want to lose 15 pounds, I actually will not let them go into a cut. I won't let them start reducing more calories because what I know is that that's already a pretty low calorie intake for somebody. And if I need to get them to lose body fat, it's inevitable, like the conversation we were just having. It's a calories in, calories out game. I mm -hmm. need to re either restrict calories or create more movement to create a deficit. And I know that 1,300 to 1,500 calories is not a lot of room for air. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't allow you to have that glass of wine every once in a while. It doesn't allow you to stop by and have a birthday piece of cake every once in a while. And so I need to find a way to build this person's metabolism up. And so that client now, the focus is, Let's build strength. Let's build muscle. Let's slowly increase calories into your diet because I want to get you to a place where you're more like 2,000 to 2,500 calories. So then when I start to restrict you, you lose body fat and you're in a happy place. Yeah. I, I, the way Adam's talking about tracking your food and seeing how much you eat when your body's not gaining weight, not losing weight, that's the best way to measure metabolism because even if you went to your local university and got and, and used one of their machines, here's the problem with that. Whatever number you get, that's how much that's what your metabolism's at that day. 
And at that moment, at that, yeah, the, the metabolism changes exactly, and that's what you find for most of those devices and tests. And that's that was the flaw for me. I was actually just looking and trying to see if there was any innovation there in that space because I remember Body Gym was sort of the device that we used for there for a minute at the gym to breathe into for a certain amount of time. And um, they've they've also had like ones where you could prick your finger and and test it that way. So there's apps out now then there there's devices with it but i still i think it has a long way to go in terms of it you know understanding your your mm -hmm. metabolism uh real time yeah until they have something that will measure your metabolism in real time constantly um it's a waste of time trying to figure it out uh, aside from just seeing how your body's responding and well and we have the tool i i, I think i had more empathy for people around this when we first started as trainers because when we first started as trainers None of that shit existed. Mm -hmm. There were no trackers. No. There was no Fitbit, body, body Bug, any of these Apple watches. None of that shit existed to track anything. No HRV. There was yeah. no MyFitnessPal. There was no Fat Secret. You know, There was a book, Calorie King, that you had to go to, or a website, oh, yeah. calorieking.com. And you would and you have walk to walk around with that just shit. journals. Yeah, and you, you would have to write it all, add it all up yourself. It was quite the pain in the ass. Where, I mean, now, I mean, people, 90% of people out there are on their damn phones anyways when they're eating. Yeah. You know, just take that one minute instead of surfing Instagram or texting somebody to log what you're eating. It guesstimates it fucking for you right away. So it breaks and, it, and then it breaks down all the macros mm -hmm. for you, calculates it all. Like, that's all you got to do. Like, literally just track everything for a week. The goal is to kind of keep your weight at the same, not go up, not really go down, kind of maintain that. And I recommend at least a week. I think two weeks is an even better snapshot. Ten to fourteen days is normally what I want. Mm -hmm. And so in that in that time frame, the goal is to not really fluctuate weight wise up or down too much. Maintain and then that's figure out where your calories are, and then you know. And then the next big question is, like I said, is that a a, a sustainable place for you? And I would say probably more often than not. Most people have already tried to lose weight and yo-yo dieted so many times that they've slowed their metabolism. Even if your metabolism isn't shot, you've slowed it down so much through the yo-yo dieting that you're probably not in an optimal place, even though your goal is to lose body fat, to go right into a cut or right into losing body fat. And you're, it's probably more advantageous for you to focus on actually speeding the metabolism up by introducing more good calories, but also strength training so you build muscle before you decide to start your cut and come back down to lose body fat. Perfect. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and check out our guides for free. In fact, right now, we have a butt building guide on there that is flying. It's going crazy. Again, you can find that guide and all the others, mindpumpfree.com. Also, check out our personal Instagram pages, different content, different fitness information, and pictures of some of the most handsome people in podcasting. That's what my mom said, at least. Uh, my page on Instagram is Mind Pump Sal. Justin is Mind Pump Justin. And Adam is Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. 
The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.